This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by FLM Harvest, a strategic, full-service creative consultancy reaching more farmers and farm leaders than any agency in the country. Learn more at flmharvest.com. Good Wednesday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. An effort to award biofuel mandate waivers going back to the early part of the last decade has some procedural hurdles to clear. That's the word of EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler, who told reporters Wednesday that the waivers need to better define how to approach several questions typically asked during the small refinery exemption application process. There's a number of issues around that. Some of these petitions go back to 2012. You know, random that year are no longer active. They're, they've expired. So there's, there's questions about um, whether or not they can show economic harm and what the remedy would be. He says EPA is still waiting for its turn in the procedure. We've received a number of petitions that we've highlighted on our dashboard um, in the air office. Um, we received those petitions from companies for previous years, and we have sent those applications over to the Department of Energy for their review, which is the first step in the process. Uh, we've not gotten um, recommendations back from Department of Energy yet. More than 50 so-called gap year petitions have been filed in an effort to keep receiving the waivers in the future. A court ruling has said breaks in the process were not allowed. The issue has also caused a stoppage in the nomination process of Doug Benevento to be the EPA's deputy administrator. Republican Senators Joni Ernst of Iowa and Ted Cruz of Texas say they'll both hold up his nomination until EPA acts on the gap year SREs. It's also worth noting that the two senators are seeking opposite courses of action on the issue. There's more in our story on agripulse.com. We there also used the implementation day of the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement to highlight the environmental provisions in the deal. He says it's also key to have the environmental language in the deal itself. You know, the original NAFTA under President Clinton and the other trade agreements negotiated since then, um, including the, the previous administration, did not include environmental provisions, and we will going forward. And I think it's much stronger to have these in the actual trade agreement than it is as a side agreement or or just a standalone environmental treaty. He says the USMCA includes environmental provisions such as marine litter, ozone protection, and a handful of other issues. American Farm Bureau Federation Chief Economist John Newton says that organization is welcoming the deal and hopes it will have lingering benefits. Not only does USMCA make trade with Canada more fair on the wheat front, dairy front, and poultry front, but we also update several non-tariff and science-based parameters within USMCA, things like SPS GIs in terms of product names. So there are a lot of improvements in this trade agreement that should make U.S. agriculture more competitive in our top markets. He says Canada and Mexico were the two top trading partners for the U.S. economy in 2019, including for agriculture. Finally today, USDA has distributed nearly $5 billion in payments through the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program, including more than $2.5 billion to livestock producers. But AgriPulse's Ben Nulli reports some beef producers are looking for more help. Cow-calf producers in the nation's third-largest cattle-producing state want to see changes to direct assistance in USDA's coronavirus relief program. Kansas Livestock Association President Harry Moser tells AgriPulse the money has helped, but says producers are still struggling. $33 for a cow. If you're renting pasture, that that's maybe one month's rent worth, if that. And, you know, the losses some of these guys took, especially that marketed cattle during this time, that doesn't even come close 
to covering any of those expenses. Moser says KLA producers would like to see direct assistance for cattle producers to be an inventory-based program and eliminate sales date restrictions. According to USDA, a portion of coronavirus food assistance program payments for eligible livestock are based on actual sales between January 15th and April 15th of this year. Payments are based on inventory after the April 15th cutoff. For AgriPulse, I'm Ben Nully. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's AgriPulse update is brought to you by FLM Harvest, a strategic, full-service, creative consultancy proud to reach more farmers, farmer boards, and food and commodity associations than any agency in the country. Learn more at flmharvest.com. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.